the I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Jesus. 
What a day that'll be. What a day that will be. Think about it. When my Jesus. When my Jesus I shall see. Worship him. When I look upon his Worship him as you sing it. That's why we're here tonight to worship him. Come on. Worship him. Hallelujah. Get your mind off of everything else. Get it on Christ. Hallelujah. What a day. What a glorious day. Worship him as we sing it again. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day! What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace and when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. One more time. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look on his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day glorious day that will be would you praise him one more time? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the wonderful name of the Lord. Praise the wonderful name of the Lord. We magnify the Lord tonight. We lift you up, Jesus. You said if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. We lift you up tonight, Jesus. We Lord, lift you up, Lord. We worship you. We magnify your name. We magnify your name. Thou art an awesome God. Thou art an awesome God. Thou art an awesome God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lamb that was slain, that was slain, that was slain for our sins. Hallelujah to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Sweet Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. We acknowledge to you, Lord, that we can do nothing without you, but with you we can do all things. Let thy Holy Spirit move in this place tonight. Let thy Holy Spirit move in this place tonight. Yea, I would remind you again, saith the Lord, that I have written in my word that I inhabit the praises of my people. Yes, I am here, saith the Lord. All things are possible through me, saith the Lord. Nothing is too difficult for me to do. I know every burden upon every heart of every person tonight. Continue to praise me. Continue to worship me. Continue to seek my face, saith the Lord. And I will meet your every need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory to glory, God. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to see him. Look up on his face. Just a course. Oh, I want to, to see him. Look upon his face. Is that your desire Dare tonight? To sing forever. Hallelujah. Of his saving grace. Come on, let's let on the Holy the Spirit loose in here tonight. Hallelujah. My voice. Thank you, Jesus. Home at last, ever to rejoice. Sing it. Oh, I want to, I want to see, see him. him. Look upon Look his, up on his face. Dare to sing forever of his Hallelujah. He's on the one. the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past. Cares all past. Home at last. Home at last. Ever to Oh, rejoice. sing it again. Oh, I want to see him. Look oh, look up on his, his face. face. And there to sing, I'm gonna sing forever of His saving Hallelujah. grace on the streets oh, come of on. glory. The Holy Ghost moving in this Let place. Let me lift my voice. Holy Ghost moving in this place. Home at last. Don't let Him pass you by. Rejoice. Oh, I want to see Him. Let Him know you mean it tonight. His face. I want to see there you, to Jesus. Sing forever. Of Hallelujah! On the streets oh, of glory, glory to God. let me live. Thank you, my Jesus. Voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Sing it again. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. One more time. Oh, I want to see him look, look upon his face. face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Hallelujah. 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 It all started at the cross. Then I'm going to preach. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Oh, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart rolled away. Was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received. My sight, and now I am happy all the day. Praise God. Praise God. You're looking forward to that time? Hallelujah. When you see Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. We're going to be speaking tonight from the first Samuel chapter three and from Leviticus chapter twenty-four, verse one. One through four we'll be talking th- to about in. 1 Samuel 3 through 3. Someone told the story about a lady that died a little premature. And she approached the pearly gates in heaven. And as she approached the gates, St. Peter was working the gates that day. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't let you in until you spell a word. And she said, oh, my goodness, my spelling is awful. And he said, spell love. Well, that made her feel good. L-O-V-E, love. And he said, enter in. A couple of weeks later, 
St. Peter came to her and he said, would you watch the gate for me today? I have another chore to do. And she said, I'll watch the gate for you. As fate would have it, when she was watching the gate, her husband passed away. And he approached the pearly gates and there he saw his wife at the gate and good to see her. And she stopped him and said, I can't let you in. You've got to spell a word. He said, you know my spelling is awful. I can't spell. Go ahead. What's the word? And she said, spell Czechoslovakia. Now we got to tell one about the women. There was a cop that sat and waiting along the road, and there was a speeder came by, 55 miles zone. He was hitting about 75, and the cop got in behind him and lit him up. And instead of stopping, this man just throttled it down, 85, 90, 100, 105. That cop figured, couldn't figure why that guy was running from him. He finally pulled over, and the cop walked up to him, and there's an old man in there in his 90s probably. And uh, the cop looked at him, shook his head. He said, if you can give me one good reason why you run from me instead of stop, I may not write you a ticket. The old man looked at him and he said, well, 50 years ago, my wife ran off with the highway patrolman and I thought you was bringing her back. That's each got one tonight, so <laughs> y'all got to feel good. 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 through 3, all I'm going to read is this. Is the lamp of God went out in the temple. The lamp of God went out in the temple. In Leviticus 24, and verses 1 through 4, all I'm going to read is the lamps were to burn continually, and the people were to bring the oil. The lamp was to burn continually, and the people was to bring the oil. Did you get that? We, the people, are to bring the oil. What happens when the lamp goes out? What happens when the fire dies down, when the fire goes out? <laughs> we all see what happens when the fire goes out in our churches, right? Things begin to die and things begin to uh, lose all of the power that, that God has for us. What happens when the light went out? There was a mayor of a church, a mayor of a city was going to visit a church a Pentecostal church, and uh, the pastor decided he was going to show him the good side of Pentecost. And so he figured was figuring out the songs, and, uh, you know, with Debbie leading songs and Marcy on the piano, he had to be very careful because Pentecost could break out, and he didn't want that to happen. So he wanted to show him the good side of Pentecost. And he looked at the songs that they were used to singing, uh, I'll Fly Away, and said, man, we can't sing that. Somebody will get happy. Uh, uh, rock, uh, he set me free. We can't sing that. Somebody might get happy. Ah, we'll sing Rock of Ages. That's a slow one. Nobody get happy on that. But he got, forgot that old Sister Smith gets happy on Rock of Ages. Afterwards, he went up to the mayor and was apologizing for the emotions in the service. The mayor said, don't apologize for that. He said, that's why I'm here. He said, I want to see something different. So, don't sing different songs just because the mayor comes in. Amen? Hallelujah. Who cares if the mayor comes in? Who cares if the governor comes in? Who cares if the, G if the president comes in? Jesus is here. I mean, we got a superstar, right? Star of all stars. Jesus is the one that's here. But the problem was the lamp of God went out. You know, they say it takes only a little spark to light a fire doesn't take much. Only a little spark from someone will light a fire in these altars. It only takes a spark to light a fire. You've got to have that spark in the church. It, it's not only in the church, it's in the home. It's in the marriage. If you don't have a spark to light a fire in your marriage, what do you got? Pretty soon you don't have much, do you? Pretty soon it... it Things begin to deteriorate if you don't have that spark in your marriage. And the older you get, the harder it is to find that spark. The older you get, the more you have to program things. But you got to keep a spark. And you got to keep a spark going in church. If you don't, the fire at the altar will go out. And that's what happens in her story tonight. The light went out 
at the altar, and it was supposed to burn continually. And the people, remember, the people was supposed to bring the oil. You come to church, you're supposed to bring the oil. You come to the altar, you're supposed to bring the oil. Go out and get that oil and refine it. Bring it in and bring it to the altar. And let the Holy Ghost move. Amen? What happens when the lights go out? Well, Israel went against the Philistines in 1 Samuel 4.2, and they lost 4,000 men because the light went out. God wasn't with them. And then they lost 30,000, and they also lost the ark. Plus Eli the priest, two sons, were killed also in those battles. And the ark was gone also. Eli heard the news and he fell down off of his chair and broke his neck and died. It all started when the lights went out. When the light went out, that's when the decrease in the power and the presence and the glory of God started in our churches when the light started to dim, when it started to go out, when the fire ceased to burn, when there was very few sparks to ignite the fire. Why do you think we sing what a mighty God we serve over and over and over and over again? To get a spark! To get a spark! And I can see from up here a couple sparks while we're singing it, but for the most part it's a spark to light a fire. One general superintendent said for an evangelist, he's got to preach people mad and preach them glad in the same service. Got to be careful. We don't let you let you stop when you're mad. That's what that's a problem. We got to make sure we stop when you're glad. Amen. But the light went out. And that was their problem. They lost 4,000. They lost 30,000. They lost the ark. Eli lost his sons, and Eli died. It died. It started when the lights went out. Dimming brings death. When the lights begin to dim and the church begins to lose its power, that's when we begin to lose our kids. The old devil goes after them and hang, dangles these pretty drugs in front of them and says, try these. The alcohol, try these. And you know how they all do in, in the commercials nowadays uh, with, uh, with the beer that they serve. They always show that alcohol always with, on, the, on the beach somewhere with, uh, with a with dice a, a chest of cold beer and pretty girls dressed in almost nothing. That all comes with it, the devil says, if you'll just go on these drugs and on this alcohol. He's got an offering out there for him. And that's what happens when the church, when the light is dimmed, when the fire goes out, when there's no spark. There's got to be a spark to light the fire. In your life, in your home, there's got to be a spark. Somebody's got to have that spark to light that fire and keep that fire going. The devil has successfully stolen a couple of three generations of our kids. And I blame it on the church because the fire has gone out. The light has gone out. We don't bring our oil. We could sum it all up by the service we had this morning. Great singing, great preaching. How long was we at the altar? I didn't count the time, but I looked around and I was the only one there. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, but somebody's got to be that spark is what I'm saying tonight. Somebody's got to be that spark to get that fire going. Yeah, we lose our kids. When the light goes out and we're still paying the price today, when the lights go out, the devil comes in and abortion comes in, is legalized. They take prayer out of school. They take the Bible out of the school. Then they take prayer out of uh, sports events. Just this week, if you heard on the news, there was a football coach. After the football game was over, he went out and knelt in the middle of the field, knelt down on one knee for 30 seconds and said a silent prayer, and they fired him. And the courts said it's illegal to pray after a football game. 
That's what happens when the light goes out in the church. There's a reaction throughout the country, and we've watched it for the last 70 years because the light grew dim in the church. We've got to ignite that light again. We've got to learn that we've got to bring the fresh oil. Hallelujah. That anointing, that fresh oil that breaks the yoke, that breaks the back of the devil, the sin and his power. Hallelujah. Woo! I jumped a three-footer at one church, almost scared him to death. We need a spark to get the flame going. You campers know when you, when you go out there to light a fire. Sometimes the hardest thing in the world to do is get a spark going. Not me, I carry matches. <laughs> Rub no two sticks together. I go camping, I don't take a tent, I take a motor home. It takes a little spark to get a fire going. And not only that, the, all those, the, those things that they used to put up the, in their, uh, in their uh, front yards and so forth, Satan is working on them, the nativity scenes, the old Lego anymore, almost everything. The devil is going over to, uh, after today, and it's because the church, the light in the church has grown dim. The light in the church has grown dim. I told you before about the Korean pastor, that God spoke to him, and he said, I'm going to give you the largest church in the city of Seoul, Korea. This was Dr. Cho, Assembly of God preacher. I think he was assembly God, doesn't matter, he was Pentecostal. At that time, he was in a little tent. The only congregation he had was his wife, his in-laws, and if he had any kids at that time, just a handful of people is all that he had. But God spoke to him and said, I'm going to give you the largest church in the city of Seoul in Korea. So here goes old Dr. Cho to the Presbyterian church because it was the largest church in Seoul, Korea. 6,000 at head, and he was walking around the church. Pastor came out and said, what are you doing walking around the church? He said, well, God told me he's going to give me the largest church in Seoul, Korea. I just wanted to get an idea how big it's going to be. If you pray for rain, bring your umbrella. Amen. I just heard Junior say something up there today. He said, I'll be happy if we just get half, enough to put the roof on. Our God ain't a half God. Come on. Hallelujah. I ain't satisfied with half. I don't want a half a loaf. I want a full loaf. My God ain't a half a God. Hallelujah. Unless you want a half a roof on that parsonage over there. I took on a church out in California that didn't have any people and was broke. Driveway was all messed up. They needed an asphalt. The roof on the parsonage needed the roof. Within six months, we did it all. Not half a roof, not half a driveway, paveway. We did it all. God ain't a half a God. But I'm going to tell you what, you got to get a spark going. You got to get that light lit again. Hallelujah. You got to get a fire burning again. You got to bring the oil to the altar. We need a fresh outpouring of that oil, that anointing. Someone, at, well, I, don't, I'm, I might say that later. I don't want to get into that, but I might say it later. It just depends on how the Holy Ghost tickles me. Anyhow, this Korean pastor then had, did get the largest church in Seoul. I mean, I was privileged to be able to, to attend his church on a Sunday morning. 20,000 going in, 20,000 going out all day long. I don't forget what his attendance were, but it was probably in the hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million. But he had to fight the devil in order to do that. I mean, they sent him into a place into the mountains, devil-controlled mountains, and told him to do a work there. When he hit those mountains to do a work to build a church there, the, the old guy that was controlled by Satan there, a Satan guy, I mean, he ruled the roost there in those mountains. And he told him that the only way he would allow him to stay there was if, 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 if he was able to heal a certain little baby that, that was born. I mean, it, it, it couldn't do anything. 
and they gave him 30 days, I believe it was, to, to, to have that baby healed. Dr. Cho said he got up in the mornings and he went down, and this, this was a, a mother without a husband, had the baby, the house was an awful wreck. He'd get up and he'd go down there, he'd clean the house, he would do everything he could and talk to them and pray with them and ask God to heal that little baby. And two weeks was up, three weeks was up, God still didn't heal that little baby. Finally, the time was up. It was the night before the time that the, devil, the devil, devil's crew said, we're going to come and we're going to run you out of town. That night in a dream, Dr. Cho had a dream, and he wrestled with a great big snake for hours. He wrestled with that snake until 4.30 in the morning. 4.30 in the morning, he finally took that snake and threw it down off of the cliff and killed the snake at 4.30 in the morning. Well, they always get up over there at daylight around 5.30, I think it was, to have their prayer and so forth. He get up at that time and he started going somewhere uh, uh, to, for their prayer. And he saw a bunch coming from the other way, marching to him. And he thought, oh boy, there's, there's Satan coming after me. There's that devil's priest that he called himself that controls everything here, coming to pay me my dues and run me out of town. Well, as they got a little closer, it wasn't the devil's bunch that was coming. The one that was leading the crowd was the woman and the baby that he had been prayed for in that home, and the woman that the baby was perfectly healed. And do you know what time in the morning that the baby was healed? 4.30 in the morning when Dr. Cho took that snake after he'd wrestled him all night long, the devil he was wrestling with, and cast him over a cliff, and that child was healed by the power of God. I'm going to tell you what, we've got to somehow get a spark that'll create a fire in our churches anymore, that'll cause us to bring our oil to the altar and let our light be lit once again. What happens when the light goes out? In John 16, 6, 9, talking about the power of God, the story of the fishes, the scripture says that there was a multitude that God fed with those fishes. And out of that multitude that was there to be fed with those fishes, there was only one that brought his lunch. And that was a little boy that brought his lunch. Five loaves and how many fishes was it? Two or three? Two? Five loaves and two fishes that he brought with him for his lunch. And when it come time that where people were getting hungry and they was trying to figure out how they were going to feed them and what they were going to do. They said, well, there's a lad here. All he's got is his lunch, five loaves and two fishes. But what's that among all these people? Jesus said, bring it to me. And we all know what happens when he blessed and he break it. He fed that great multitude with five loaves and two little fishes, the little boy's lunches. That's what happens uh, when we get a spark. That starts a fire. That our altars are burning with the fire of God. That's what will happen. God will feed a multitude with a few loaves and a few fishes. He'll bring more out of a wheelchair. He'll bring more out that's affected by the enemy and got problems that the old enemy causes within them. He'll bring them out. But the opposite happens when the light goes out. And we lose that with God. Let's get back to God. Paul said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Our mind is a devil's playhouse. Man, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take the ruler. The mind is a devil's playhouse. God says, renew your mind. Renew the spirit of your mind. It's time to let the spirit operate on our minds. Renew our minds by the Spirit, the worldly thinking, the worldly ways. God said, let your mind be renewed by the Spirit. And that's not easy to do because the devil is always working in your mind. For the Scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So however you think, that's what you are. However you think, that's what you've got to get up every morning. And you've got to th you think, what am I going to do today? What time am I going to start? Am I going to do my devotion? 
Am I going to do my prayer? Am I going to do my exercises? Man, I'm going to tell you what. I don't know about you, but the devil has, the Lord almost has to club me with the, to get me on my exercises. I exercise every morning. I don't know what I'd be like if I didn't. I've got 12 steps going down into my basement. Two rooms in my basement. And I got a rowboat in there. And I'll do a hundred of them. After about 30, the devil speaks to me and says, that's enough for today. 50, that's enough for today. Woo, 70, you're going overboard. Buddy, you can quit any time now. You're not your age, you're not expected to do hundred of them. And then those 12 steps from the basement in the two rooms, I'll walk around those rooms zigzagging. And I'll do those step, 12 steps 300 times jogging. I don't mean. <laughs> I'll guarantee you, about the hundredth time the devil speaking to me and said, that's enough for today. No, I'm going to do 300 times. I'm going to do 300 times. If I didn't, I don't know what I'd look like or how much speed or how much power I have. But God has been so good to me, better than anybody else. I think one of the reasons I never saw any reason to turn back. Some 60 years now I've been serving him and preaching most of them. And I've seen in my time so many people that come in, got out, up, down, in, out. I'm telling you what, it's a, almost a crime. It's sad. So for some reason, the Lord kept me chugging along. Stay in the course. Hallelujah. There's been ups, there's been downs, there's been in and outs, but I've never seen any reason to turn back. I've gone too far to turn back now. Oh, good to see you, sister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got free from that Methodist, did you? <laughs> I know they were spirit-filled. <laughs> I know you got it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't mess that one. Where was I at? I like the old time singing, shouting, preaching, praying. I like the old time preaching of God's word. I still like the fire at the altar. I still like the oil to flow. And speaking of oil, out in California, we had a Catholic family got saved. And this son was already grown, but I don't know how much oil they use in the Catholic church. But I mean, that guy brought a gallon with him. And he used it. I mean, he was all going around all the walls. He, would, he was splattering all the walls with that stuff. Somebody tell me there's a step there, would you? <laughs> he was splattering all the walls. And yet he would go to the altars and he would work with it. The ladies were complaining, I got oil on my hair. Other guys, I got oil on my clothes, oil on the carpets. We had to finally take the bottle of oil from him. There is, a, there is a place to stop, I guess, with the oil. But it flew all down, some one of the guy's beards down through his, the whole garments that he was wearing. The anointing breaks the yoke and sets the captives free. And if there's anything that the devil hates, it's the anointing power of God. And you'll not have it until the spark ignites a fire and relights us once again. The Pentecostal experience that's where the power's at. That's where the glory's at. That's where the presence's at is Pentecost. And so many of our churches are Pentecostal by denomination only. By, de by uh, not by practice, but just by their theological methods that, that they have. But in practice, they're not Pentecostal. You've got to have a spark in the fire to burn if you're going to be Pentecostal. The story told of a missionary that was over in Africa and it came to a swollen river. It was in the way for where he was going. No way he could get across that swollen river. So what they did, they laid down beside the swollen river, decided they'd try to cross it the next morning. Laid down beside it, slept all night. The next morning they woke up, they were on the other side of the river. That's the power of God, folks. That's what happens when the light is burning. That's what happens when there's oil in the lamp. That's what happens when there's oil there the fire to, for, the fire for something to burn. It can't burn unless the oil's there. There's a story told about a, a sign that was on fire. 
and someone was out in front of the sign dousing that sign with, with water to try to put out the fire. And the fire kept burning. The fire wouldn't go out. Someone went around and looked behind the sign. And back there was Jesus pouring oil on it. I'm going to tell you when the devil tries to put out your fire, Jesus is going to be there pouring oil on it. Hallelujah! Just a little spark gets a fire burning. Just a little spark gets a fire burning. A friend of mine in Florida, and I was going through my notes, and I tell you that so many times I go through my notes and I get find things that I've forgotten. And I mean, they're, they're just, they're just, I wouldn't give a, take a thousand dollars for them sometimes because it brings back your memory of what, what God done. This was a memory about, about a woman. And I, I, I know these people because they were, lived across the street from me in Florida. They were Church of God. I was Assembly of God, so we had a real rapport together. He told me the testimony of his wife that was in the hospital in a coma for 39 days. A coma for 39 days. He would read the newspaper out loud to her. He'd read the Bible out loud to her. He would talk to her. Probably she was hearing him all the time. But anyhow, after 39 days in a coma, one day he was outside of her room just walking. I guess down in the face, looking sad, because he was trying to figure, what am I going to do? 39 days, should I pull the plug? Should I let her go? 39 days. While he was walking around, there was a Catholic priest who walked up to him and says, can I help you? He said, told him a little bit about his story, and he says, well, do you mind if I go in and pray for her? He said, no, go ahead. And you know, most Protestants, they just tell it like it is, they ain't going to have much faith in a Catholic priest's prayer. We, it's just, just, that's the way it is. Anyhow, he said, this Catholic priest, he came in, he said, he wasn't in there 30 seconds. And he came out, and he said, I thought to myself, that was a waste of his time and my time. 30 seconds. He went back in, got the newspaper out, and started reading to his wife again. First thing you know, she opened his eyes and said, Will you shut up? <laughs> 39 days in a coma. You know what? I don't think that was a Catholic priest at all. I think that was an angel. And that's not to say that the Catholic priests couldn't do it. They can, for sure they can. They have lots of miracles. There's no doubt about that. I won't belittle that at all. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm just telling you what happens when there's a fire going. What God can do, his power is unlimited. And we all know that. I'm preaching to Pentecostals. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But I'm going to tell you what. You need fired up. Some of you, the light's so far gone. I don't know if a spark can catch up with it. <laughs> I thought of a story. I'm going to tell it. This old man, an old, old farm, farmer from the country, probably around Houston Town or McConnell's folks. Now he acted probably around Oklahoma or Arkansas. Anyhow, his old, old farmer never been to the city. Never been to the city. Finally, he went to the city. He was probably close to 80 years old by that time, went into the city. First thing he did was go into a great big department store. And as he went into the department, department store, the first thing that caught his eye was the, was the elevators and all the lights flashing and all that, on those elevators. And he was standing there watching the lights and watching the elevator. There was a little old lady came up. I mean, little old lady, wrinkled, you know, old. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. And no. None. Well, you've got to face it. When you get old, you get a wrinkle or two. <laughs> Anyhow, where was I at? Oh, the elevator. This old lady went into the elevator, and this door shut on her. Lights flashed, and man, that old guy was standing there looking, and while he was standing there looking, all of a sudden, the elevator came down again. The door opened up, and there stood this beautiful 25-year-old.
He said, I wish that had brought Mama along. <laughs> it won't work. We've got to do it our own. Amen. We can't live on the fire of the past. And that's so much what churches, so many churches are doing today. They're living on the past testimony of Pentecost. Hallelujah. And I'm just old enough to have been in some of that fire in the past in Pentecost. And some of you others here probably are the same. You can remember when the fire was falling at the altars in the Pentecostal church. And the big reason was because the people brought the oil. All the pastor did was get you inspired to bring it up. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me preaching. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Hallelujah. We need a lamp filled with oil. The lamp, when the light goes out, the church becomes a failure. And that is we are looking at the results of America. And I don't get, want to get into all that because you never play, find a place to stop on what has happened in America because the light went out. It's almost as bad as what happened in Israel when the light went out. I was watching Supernatural the other night. And there was a man in there. I only, I only caught the second half of it, so I don't know what really happened to him. All I know is when I, when I, got, it, when I got to the, see him, he was in heaven with Jesus, talking to Jesus. Now, I, I'm a little queasy about these near-death experiences and going to heaven. A lot of it is, is it's hard to line up with Scripture, but I'm no, I know it happens. It, I'm sure it does happen. Anyhow, he was there talking to Jesus. And his wife was back there, and when she found out he was dead, she said, No! God said, i got to send you back. Just by his wife saying no, God said, I gotta, Jesus said, i got to send you back. He came back, wound up in the hospital. His liver was completely damaged for some reason, gone, no good. He was going to have to be in the hospital for weeks. He, they said six weeks while waiting on a liver transplant. After, at the end of one week, God gave him a brand new liver. After one week, a brand new liver. He didn't have to wait on the doctors to give him a liver transplant. What I'm showing you is the power of God and what he'll do. All because of a, no! It only takes a spark to get a fire burning. In 1930, I read an article about a revival. It said it took 30 ambulances to, to bring the sick into, one, into the revival, and it only took six ambulances to take them out. You think we've seen anything yet? Huh? Have you seen even one ambulance come to, to bring people in? We've seen an ambulance come to take them out. Come on. What we want to see is the ambulance bring them in and they walk out. We want to see Mindy's come in in a wheelchair and push it out. Hallelujah. By the power of Almighty God. I'm going to quit in a minute. Exodus 27, 20, the children of Israel are to bring the olive oil to cause the light to burn continually, always. I remember in our church in California when we was having so much trouble getting things done, there was a stranger came into the church one night, not knowing us, we didn't know him, he was passing through, he prophesied, he said, you will be in your new church building. It took some time, but we were in our new church building, we didn't give up. I want to just mention Jonah before I close tonight. And I want to talk about him running from God. I don't want to talk about him, well, how it happened or the ship that he was on or all that stuff. I just want to talk about him being in the belly of the fish. Scripture said he was in the belly of a big fish. Why? Because the light had gone out. The fire had gone out. When God called him to do something, he decided rather than do it, I'm going to run. We can decide when God calls us to do something whether we're going to do it or whether we're going to run. Now, I'm here tonight to tell you if the light is dim or if the fire's going out, we're going to probably run. 
And that's why a lot of people run instead of saying, because the light has dimmed. I'm guarantee you, if there's enough fire, people ain't going to run. John Wesley said if the preacher will go into the pulpit and let the Holy Ghost set him on fire, the people will come to watch him burn. Woo! Hallelujah. Would you come to watch me burn if the Holy Ghost set me on fire? Of course you would. You like that, right? But that God does that for, for you to get your oil going. That's why the preacher sweats to get the oil going. It's always been a controversy about the air conditioning in the church. Got to keep the preacher cool and the people in the seats hot. I don't know why that is, but that's just the way they do it. Anyhow, Jonah wound up in the belly of the He said, I'm in the belly of hell, the belly of a fish. He said, the belly of hell. And just as soon as he got in there, he, he recognized his need to get a fire going. <laughs> he recognized his need, if, he, if he's going to get out of there, get a fire going in the belly of that whale. I doubt he had any matches with him. I doubt if he had any sticks with him. He went right to prayer. It says he went right to prayer with God. He said, I prayed to the Lord because of what? My afflictions. What drove him to prayer? The same thing that drives so many people to prayer today are afflictions. There's people that have run for God for years, and all of a sudden they get an affliction that they can't do nothing about. Well, here they come to God. And that's fine. That's good. That's great. Whatever it takes. It took the belly of a fish for Jonah to recognize that he needed to go to God. He was in the belly of hell. For three days and three nights, he was in the belly of this big fish. He said, I will pray, pay that that I have allowed, avowed. Salvation is of the Lord. The Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited him up on dry land. Jonah went to prayer. I mean, he lit, the, he lit that light again. He had that spark, that fire burning again. He let God know that he needed him. The only way out of that was God. Once you've been swallowed by a big fish, I don't know how long it takes for those juices to start working on you, but pretty soon you're fish food. For three days and three nights he made it with all those wrappings of, of weed around his neck and around his body, and then he was vomited up on dry ground. Why? Here's what he said. He said, uh, you, these, this is nothing but lying vanities. In other words, he said, I am not here to stay. Can I tell you something tonight? Whatever your situation is, you're not here to stay. I'm talking about the situation in your life. He was in the belly of the fish, and he said, I'm not here to stay. This is just lying vanities. <laughs> it's just lying. So I don't believe this. I'm, I'm, not gonna be, I'm, not, I'm not here to stay. I'm getting out of this. What is your condition tonight? What is your position tonight? Where are you at? Are you in a, in a situation where you can't get, it, get out of it? A situation in health where it takes only God? Your affliction is, is something that only God can handle? You're literally in the belly of a fish, and the only way out is through God that made the fish? He said, I'm not here to stay. You said, but I got cancer. I'm not here to stay. I got diabetes. I'm not here to stay. My kids are on drugs. They're not there to stay. I know Pam, a mom and a dad in the tent revival, they had requested prayer for their son that was on drugs, had been on drugs for years, and they was at the altar praying it for their son to come off of drugs and come back to Jesus. And while they were praying, someone come and knelt beside him and started praying. It was their son. We had a tent revival in Missouri, as we had every year, in the parking lot of our church this time. And there was a young lady who came up and requested prayer for her, for her brother. He had, he had known Jesus. He moved over to England, away from, out of the States, and he had become a drunkard. And she said, pray for him that God will get a hold of him, God will save him. We prayed for him in that tent revival that night. The next, the next evening at the tent revival, this young lady came up to me, the sister, and said, guess what happened over in England last night? I said, probably your brother got saved. 
She said he was in the bar like always, drinking whiskey. And she said he was on his last glass, sitting at the bar. His last glass of whiskey, he was in a drunken stupor. He was going to drink this last shot of whiskey, and then he was going to go home and fall in bed and sleep it off. And as he lifted that last glass of whiskey, it must have been about the time we was praying, God save that boy over there in England. Take that whiskey from him and bring him to Jesus. And you know what happened? He saw Jesus, a picture of Jesus on the mirror up behind the, the bar. He dropped the whiskey glass, busted it, and ran home, sobered up, got saved, and turned back to God. I'm telling you, folks, it's time to get the fire burning. Hallelujah. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes up on you. Jesus told him to go to, 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 go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. What did he, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Because they needed that power. What is he talking about power? One of the original words of that word endued in the, in the power source is to be submerged, to sink in. Submerged. What happens when you're submerged? I fail to see yet very many people that's submerged in the Holy Ghost or sunk in the Holy Ghost. You ever watch those old westerns, Laramie? That old western Laramie, the bad guy, was running, and he got into quicksand, and he just kept sinking, sinking into that quicksand. It couldn't get out. Endued with power, sinking, sinking into that Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, this is good preaching. Hallelujah. If we do something with it, it's good preaching. Amen. Endued with power. Submerged in it. That's what I'm asking you to do tonight. Only takes a spark to get the fire burning, to be submerged, to be endued with the power. You, folks, you can't do it in five minutes. Can't do it in ten minutes. I still go back to the old-fashioned altar when it was, I can't even mention the times because it was so long you wouldn't, you'd think I was crazy unless you was there, hadn't been in those times. But I'm going to tell you what, to get this fire relit and the fire rekindled, the light lit and the fire rekindled, the answer is going to be bringing the oil to the altar, bringing the oil to the altar. And I'm going to ask you to do that tonight. God says, everyone, they had to bring the oil to the altar. You know what? At the temple, it was so bad. That priest was so corrupt. He had two sons. They were so corrupt. The scripture said they were sons of Belial, sons of the devil. Now, they were Eli's sons, but the scripture says they didn't know God. They were sons of the devil. They were working for the devil. They would take the, the sacrifice, that meat that was sacrificed, and they would boil it. And then they would take meat hook. It had three hooks on it. And go down in there, and as much as meat would get on that hook, that would be for the priest and his family. But they weren't satisfied with it. The sons of Eli weren't satisfied with it. They said, we want the raw meat. That's not enough. We want the raw meat. And if they didn't give it to them, they took it. That's how corrupt they were. But God, God all that time was raising up Samuel. <laughs> he had already spoken to Samuel. I'm going to tell you what, he's already got it under control. He's already got it. He's just waiting for the little, little spark. You realize how many little sparks is in here tonight? Come on. Hallelujah. I had a little lady in church, man, she was a Pentecostal fireball. You didn't know ever when she was ever going to jump out of her seat and go, Woo! I had a, I had a I had a choir director. He was an ex-banker president. And he thought he was, he thought he was more than he was. But he was a good choir director. His, farm, his family was good singers and all that. He came to me and he says, that lady's got to go. He said, I can't stand that. I cannot handle that scream. I said, man, that's the Holy Ghost. I said, she, either she goes or I go. What day are you leaving? I'll guarantee that she was there after he left. I want a spark. I want the fire. Amen. There's a lot of little sparks here tonight. I'm going to just invite you to come to the altar tonight and let God create a fire from those sparks. Amen? Come on. Hallelujah. The altar's open. Hallelujah. Glory keep to God. Oil in my lamp, keep me 
better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.